Chapter 1. London. Early November, 1806. Alexander took a steadying breath. He might have faced the French Navy without any serious thought of the danger to himself or his ship, but this was different. The noise was overwhelming, and the shadows and shapes that were constantly passing in front of him sent his mind reeling as his brain tried to make sense of the signals. He had to get away, but he was trapped, trapped in a world of near-total darkness, noise, and bewilderment. Time seemed to stretch out before him. He recognised some voices, but no one seemed to want to approach him or to offer help. For the hundredth time in recent months, he was at the mercy of others. A muscle twitched in his cheek at the frustration of it. Eventually, he heard a familiar voice. Fritchley? he asked, a note of desperation in his voice. Yes, Worthington, I'm here, his friend responded. Where the bloody hell have you been? Alexander ground out. He was beyond the point of caring whether he would shock anyone who had the misfortune of hearing his base language. For a dance, Richard Critchley, his long-time friend, replied in surprise. I told you I had secured Miss Burkett for the first two. Alexander glowered at Richard. He might be blind, but his face still showed clearly the feelings he was struggling with. Get me out of here. I can't stand any more of it. Richard came closer to his friend and touched his arm in an act of reassurance. We've only been here for an hour. It's your first trip out and it's bound to feel strange. Give it time, he soothed. Alexander gritted his teeth, the twitch in his cheek becoming more pronounced. He wanted to shout with frustration at being so dependent on others. He breathed deeply in an effort to keep himself under control. Even in his present state, he could not behave so abominably and do something as gauche as losing control in a room full of people. I don't care how long we've been here. It's felt like an eternity. Get me out of this place. The words were said quietly, but were full of anger and annoyance. Richard was not one to give up easily, but he acknowledged that Alexander must have been feeling overwhelmed to be responding in such a way. His friend was not one for dramatic gestures, Ever the cool one previously, he was now agitated. The ballroom was overcrowded and hot. It had perhaps not been the wisest place to start Alexander's return to society. Let me help you to the edge of the ballroom for a while. If you still feel the same after my dance with Miss Stobbard, we shall leave. Richard said he could not leave while he had promised to dance with Miss Stobbard. Her blonde curls and rosebud mouth could easily keep most men in a ballroom, especially Richard, who had a particular interest in her. Alexander sighed, but let himself be led to the edge of the room. He was totally reliant on Richard, and it grieved him. His shoulders sagged in defeat as the men moved through the crowd. He would never normally behave so badly, but these were no longer normal circumstances. When they came to a halt, he followed Richard's lead as his friend guided him to a bench, and Alexander sat down. "'I shall leave you here and see you in half an hour. Then we can call the carriage, if you wish,' Richard said cheerfully before leaving his friend once more. Alexander compressed his lips to try to prevent saying something he would regret later. He tried to school his features into what he hoped was a less forbidding expression— the next half hour was not going to pass quickly. He had thought he was alone, until he heard a gentle sigh at his left. Hello? he asked quietly. He did not want to make a fool of himself if he had misheard, and there was no one close. With so much noise going on around him, what little perception he had of his surroundings had completely disappeared.
Hello, came the equally quiet reply. Alexander had no idea who he sat next to. He should wait to be formally introduced, but he decided that he would flout convention. Apart from Richard, this was the first person who had spoken to him since his entrance at the ball, and he did not wish that the opportunity pass. He had never expected a ballroom to feel so lonely. Your sigh would suggest that you're as delighted to be here as I, he responded, hoping the person he was speaking to was no relation to the people holding the event. Such an insult would not be looked upon kindly. Oh, I don't mind being at a ball, came the clear, confident voice of a young lady, although she still spoke quietly. It's sitting all night as a wallflower that I have a problem with. He sat me with the wallflowers?